Anyway, 1 Kings chapter number 18, beginning in verse 41. Then Elijah said to Ahab, go up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and drink. And Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, and then he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees. That's yoga in the Bible right there, right? And he said to his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. So he went up and he looked, and he said, there is nothing. And seven times he said, go again. Then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, there is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, go up, say to Ahab, prepare your chariots and go down before the rain stops you. Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind and there was a heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. Then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah and he girded up his loins and ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Today I want to minister to you on the subject, the power of sameness in this message I've entitled again. And maybe when you hear the subject matter, the power of sameness, you're thinking that sounds pretty boring to me, pastor, because same is boring. I mean, think about how we, how we treat the same. What you doing today? Well, same thing another day. How's it going? Same old, same old, you know. What are you having for dinner? Meatloaf, that again. Matter of fact, I was talking to this young lady this week, and she asked me if I was married. And I said, yes, I'm married to the same woman for 25 years. She said, ain't you bored yet? I thought, no, best decision I ever made in my entire life. Amen. But see, what she was saying is same is overrated. But today I'm going to teach you something about sameness that is so powerful. It's actually where the power to overcome is, is doing the same good thing over and over and over and over and over again. So let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, would you minister by your grace and by your power? Would you minister to the hearts of your people? In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, you may be seated. When we come to the text, we find that Israel has just come back to the Lord. They had been away from God, and they were worshiping foreign gods and idols, namely the god Baal. And they were worshiping Baal because of the ungodly influence of their leaders, King Ahab and his wife Jezebel. They were wicked uh, rulers and overseers, and they persuaded the people of God to worship Baal. And so as a result of their worshiping of other gods, God spoke to Elijah and told him to do three things. He said, first thing I want you to do is call down fire from heaven. Second thing, kill all the prophets of Baal. And the third thing, proclaim a, a drought in all of Israel. The drought actually was proclaimed first. And as we come to the text, we find that Israel is just now returning to worship God. And you remember the story, Elijah gathers all the prophets of Baal on the top of Mount Carmel. And he said, whoever's God answers by fire, he's God. They call on Baal. Baal doesn't answer. And he basically says what is happening to Baal. Is he, you know, going to the bathroom? What's going on? Why won't he respond? Calls on God Jehovah, responds by fire, executes all the prophets of Baal. Revival breaks out all throughout Israel, they come back to the Lord, and so the Lord says to Elijah, he says, call the drought off. He said, now it's time for rain again. And what I love about God is God is so merciful that no matter how far we drift away from him, he's always ready to bless us and send rain again into our lives. And so we kind of pick up the story right here where the drought is about to end. And a lot of us can't really relate to what it's like to live through a drought without water. I mean, we can get a little glimpse here and there. When we have storms blow through this area of the country, sometimes it knocks the power out. And if you're not hooked up to a generator, you know, your water doesn't work, your toilets don't work, your shower doesn't work, your washing machine doesn't work, brushing your teeth is difficult, you got to go find a bottle of water and, you know, kind of pour it over there. And, so, and some people just elect to, you know, stink and stay dirty and not brush their teeth during that period of time. And they become housebound. Matter of fact, during the day, back in the day of church, we used to say, don't try to share the words of life with the breath of death. You all remember that? And, and that's why we give out all the mints that we give out around here. And if the amount of mints that you all take each week is any indication of it, the breath of death is a real thing. Matter of fact, they told me exactly how much we spend on mints every year. I almost shut them mints down. I was like, man, people take handfuls at a time, you know. So anyway, we can't really relate to what it's like, though, to live through a drought, but they were living through a serious drought. Times were extremely difficult. 
their crops were not growing. They would burn up, and so they had no food supply. Their cattle and their livestock would die because there was no water, so they couldn't eat those either. People began to dehydrate and fall over. Animals would just be in the field and then, boom, fall over and die. Everything around was dried up everywhere they looked. No greenery, no vegetation, just dryness, barrenness. The rivers that were once overflowing were now just puddles. And you can imagine that at the beginning of the drought, you know, when they think it's going to rain just in a few weeks, everybody's sharing with one another. Yeah, I got some extra this. You got some extra that. Every man is working together. Neighbor is loving neighbor. But as the drought progresses on and we're six months, one year, all of a sudden it's not, I don't want to help you, but, you know, I got to take care of mine and I got to take care of my kids and I got to take care of my wife. And so you could see that now people are probably changing a little bit. And then soon enough when food becomes real scarce, uh, scarce and when, when water becomes real hard to find, all of a sudden it's no longer just being kind or taking care of mine. Now it's rioting and it's fighting in the streets and it's it's just trying to survive and all of those things. And we can't really imagine what it's like to go without water and go through a drought of that kind, but we can all relate to a dry season in our lives. Season when things don't feel right, when on the inside you know something is wrong and you're trying everything that you can to get through it, but you can't. Dry seasons that we all face in our marriages when your spouse seems like a a distant acquaintance rather than a close confidant and lover. Um, A dry season in your children's lives or in the life of your finances. A dry season in your career where it's no longer something that you want to do but that you have to do and you can't wait not to do it anymore. Dry season uh, in, in your relationship with God. A dry season when your, your prayers don't seem to be working, where, where you don't connect with God, you don't feel his presence, where you, you lost your first love and you only show up for church 1.7 times a month. I had to throw that in. If you've been here for the last couple of weeks, you know what I'm talking about, right? Dry seasons. What do you do when you're in a dry season and you want to get out, but you just don't know how to get out? How do you get out of a drought? And our text gives us four ways that you can get out of a drought. And and they're all powerful and they're all important. It begins right here in the first portion. Then Elijah said to Ahab, go up, eat, drink, for there is the sound of an abundance of rain. In order for you to get out of a drought, the first thing you have to do is learn to listen to the sound. Listen to the sound. Now, you have to understand that, that everybody is used to the drought. Everybody is is expecting the drought to stay just like it is, no change. And if the truth be told, they don't expect to see much different today than they saw yesterday. Because when you're in a season that is dry, your expectations change. You get your your hopes are are shattered, your dreams are shattered. You don't expect better. You start to expect the same thing over and over again. My marriage will always be. My job will always be. My finances will always be. This pain will always be. I'll never forget what they did. And you get in that stuck rut that, that keeps on going on every single day when you've experienced a prolonged dry season. And so Elijah comes onto the scene. And Elijah pronounces in the middle of this drought that is seen by everybody around them a sound. He says, I know what you all see, but I hear a sound. And the sound that I hear is different than the sight that I see. And I can't tell you how many times in my life and in my relationship with God where God says something to me in my spirit that is so different than what I see. And what I've learned is that you've got to learn to tune into the sound in your spirit when what you see with your sight is so different than what God wants for your life. Because if you continue to look at your circumstance, the circumstance will never change. I found out that the way faith works is when we concentrate on the sound, on what God is saying in our spirit, rather than what we see with our eyes. And if we focus long enough on the sound that we hear, it'll eventually defy the sight that we see. You got to tune into what God is saying in your spirit. And God is always, whenever, especially during hopeless dry seasons in life, God is always downloading something into your spirit to push you forward and encourage you and give you hope beyond your circumstances. And I've learned that we have to listen to the download instead of the down low. Everybody's always listening to the down low and what about this and what about that and this is not going to change and that's not going to change. And the more you listen to the down low, the more depressed that you get. But if you learn to tune into your spirit to what God is doing on the inside of you, something changed. Something will change. I've learned the importance of disciplining myself to listen to the sound and letting it drive me and not what I see drive me. And I learned that that's the way that faith works. We walk by faith and not by sight. 
I've learned that faith always has an invisible stage to it. And this is so helpful. And the reason why it's so helpful is a lot of times when we think God is saying something and we're not seeing what God is saying actually experienced in our life, we think somehow, some way that it's not working. But we have to understand that faith always begins in the invisible realm. That's how it starts out. And so that's why the scripture says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And so if you're in an invisible stage right now, that doesn't mean that the impossible can't happen for you because that's how faith always starts out. And it's into this type of environment and setting that Elijah says, when everybody else is looking all around, all they see is dryness. He's saying, I hear a sound. And the sound is of abundance of rain. And you know what I've learned also? Another secret to faith is that whenever God is giving you something on the inside, whenever you're hearing a sound on the inside that is different than the sight that you're seeing on the outside, you need to go on record. Say, so what do you mean go on record? I love to, to tell people, not a lot of people, because you've got to be careful, you can overtell. But I like to just go on record with just a few people. God, God told me this. And a lot of times you get that bewildered look. Because if it's somebody you know or somebody that knows your circumstance, they'll kind of say, that, that, well, that, that doesn't make any sense right now. Yeah, no, but God told me. But God told me. You say, Pastor, why do you have to go on record? Well, look, isn't that what, what Elijah did? He said, go tell Ahab. Go tell him. Tell him that God said, it's going to rain. I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. Why do you need to go on record? You need to go on record. Notice who he goes on record with. Someone who's playing for the other team. He goes on record with the wicked wicked king. Why? Because we need to let the enemy know that we believe that the sound from the God that we serve is greater than the sight from the devil who sent it. You need to go on record. Sometimes you need to take a stand of faith. Sometimes you need to say, even though I see sickness, I hear the sound of healing. And even though I see divorce, I hear the sound of a marriage that's going to be strong. And even though I see financial lack, I hear the sound of abundance. Sometimes you need to go on record. That's how you take a stand of faith. And so Elijah does that. He teaches to, to tune in. To the sound. That's the first way. That's the mo- internal motivation to make it through the drought. How many of you know you need something that drives you? Willpower won't do it. Willpower will, will run out. God power is so much better. When you feel like God is the inspiration behind what you're doing, you just keep going and you just keep going. And you just, even though it's invisible, there's a faith that you have. There's a confidence that you have. When you get a word from God, that word from God will propel you through all sorts of circumstances in your life. You've got to listen to the sound. The second thing that you need to do, and this is going to sound funny, but trust me, it's not what it sounds like. Second thing you need to do if you're going to make it out of a drought is you need to pop a squat. I said, what you talking about, Pastor? Pop a squat. Check it out. That's exactly what he did. Look, verse number 42. And Ahab went to eat and drink, and Elijah went to the top of Carmel. Then he bowed down to the ground, and he put his face between his knees. Can you see it? Do you need me to, to act it out for you? That's not a picture that some of you want to see, right? His face is in between his knees. And, and if you don't know what face, what a grown man is doing with his face in between his knees, then you've never been in a delivery room before. Because if you've ever been in a delivery room before, you understand that the way the birthing process starts is with contractions. You feel something on the inside. That's the sound. The contractions are the sound. I feel something on the inside. God is, I know what it looks like, but something's happening here. I got something in my gut that I can't get away from. I hear something deep down on the inside. Now, hearing something is good, but eventually you got to take what you hear and you got to get what you hear. The contractions, what's causing the contractions have got to come out. And the way that what's causing the contractions comes out is you get in the birthing position. And when you watch a woman give birth, when it's time to push a lot of times if she pushes real hard her face will come up in between our knees that's the birthing position you say pastor what is the birthing position for us as children of God it's prayer 
Prayer is where we push through. Prayer is where you push past everything that's holding you back. Prayer is where every high thing comes down. Prayer is where you weaken what the enemy has said. Prayer is where you push past the blockage. Prayer is where you break through to your blessing. Prayer is where you invite God to fight for you. Prayer is where the God who is on our side begins to fight by our side. If I'm going to get through my drought, I've got to pop a squat. I've got to get in the birthing position. Pastor, why do you put it like that? I want you to remember. People will forget what I preach all the time. Today you won't forget. Pastor said, Papa, squat. What was he talking? Oh, that's right. Prayer, 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 prayer. He was talking about prayer. You know what I learned about the church? The church is outwardly and openly against abortion. And that's fine. We should be, right? No condemnation for those who have gone through that experience. We never know why people do it. There's always healing and restoration in God. But here's what I found out about, about church people. They abort stuff all the time. God puts something in their spirit, and they never give birth to it. And the reason why they never give birth to it is because they don't follow through on what the Scripture teaches us. When you've got something on the inside, you've got to get in the prayer position in order to push it on the outside. Matter of fact, the other reason why this is so important to get in this position of popping a squat where your face is in between your knees, notice the picture. What happens when your face is in between your knees? Something's blocking your ears. Because when you're going and believing God for something, guess what will happen? All of the time, the enemy will try to create noise in order to keep you from concentrating on what God has told you to birth. And so you've got to get in that prayer position in order to block out the noise. But then the third thing you need to do, if you're going to get through a drought, is you need to dare to start. Notice verse number 42b. And Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. He bowed down on the ground and he put his face between his knees and he said to his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. Notice what was going on. And and I like to put myself in, in, in the story. If I was living through a three and a half year drought, I could imagine what the daily routine would be like. It would be drink as little water as possible to conserve water for the next day. It would be expend as little energy as possible so you don't get thirsty and have to drink more water than you have. And so the way I kind of see this whole thing is, is, that, is that they're kind of just, just hanging out. They're in a monotonous routine of the same poor thing, the same habitual things every single day. That's what happens when we get stuck in a dry season. We do the same stupid things every single day that keep us stuck. Do you know that some same, some same is insane? Some same is lame. Some same will keep you stuck. Let me give you some examples. How many of you know eating the same fatty foods every day will keep you fat? I got a lot of experience in this. Talking straight now. You ain't big boned. You ain't insulin resistant. Mm-mm. Right? You like cookies and cake and chips and, and all that a little bit more than you should. That's the problem, right? Let's be real. Eating the same garbage things every day is going to, I don't understand why I don't lose weight. I remember when I used to go to Weight Watchers. This is years ago. Maybe I need to go back. But in any case, we're not talking about that right now. We're talking about stupid saying. I used to go to Weight Watchers, and, and I was serious when I was on Weight Watchers. Every time I'd go, it was a good weigh-in for me. You know, anybody, anybody afraid of the scale these days? I'm a, I'm, I won't even get on the scale. These, I'm like, nah, 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 you're my enemy right there, you know. And, but when, it, when I was going to Weight Watchers, I couldn't wait to get on the scale because I know if I ate right, the scale was going to go down, right? And so I'd get on there, and, they, and, and, and sometimes, and I'll get to this lady, they say, 1.2. And, you know, first you get disappointed, like, down is down, down is down, you know. And then you get a whole host, and, and I'm not trying to be mean to older ladies, but, but it was me and a whole group of older ladies. There was no other guys in the whole place, right? I was like, I don't care. This is cool. You know, I like them. We made friends and everything. But they'd come in with their Dunkin' Donuts bags. <laughs> and they get on the scale, and I don't understand why I didn't lose no weight this week. I was like, listen, Myrtle, look at it. What's in that bag there, Myrtle? 
Roberto, you got some munchkins in that bag. How you gonna lose weight? How do you not know why you didn't lose weight this week, Myrtle? I know why you didn't lose weight this week. Right? Same stupid things over and over again. Sitting around on the couch every day is gonna make you depressed. The devil ain't doing it. You doing it. Coming to work every week with the same bad attitude will keep you from being promoted. The same poor study habits at school are going to keep you from graduating with good grades. Treating your spouse the same unkind way will create a bad marriage. There is some same that is lame that will keep you stuck. And I remember the, 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 the conversation between the four lepers in Second Kings chapter number 7. They were ostracized outside of the city during the famine. But Elijah pronounced that the famine was over in the city. And so they wanted to get back in the city to get some food. But they knew if they did, they might be killed for going back in the city as lepers. And so they start to have a conversation with one another. Second Kings chapter 7 verse 3. Now there were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate. And they said to one another, why are we sitting here until we... We die. What are they saying? If we keep doing this same stupid thing over and over and over and over and over again, it's going to keep us stuck. It is going to kill us. This same thing is not going to work for us because it's not the right kind of same. On this day, Elijah wakes up and he hears a sound from God in his spirit. And he looks at his servant and he says, you know what we're going to do today? We're going to start a new saying today. What I need you to do is I need you to get up and I need you to go all the way to where you can overlook the ocean. And I need you to come back and tell me what you see. Can you hear the servant? I don't think I could do that, Elijah. Uh, I'm kind of dehydrated. I haven't had water in three and a half years. That's a long way off. I don't know if I'm going to make it. If I try, I might fall over and never come back and see you again. Can I make it real? I'll start my diet Monday. Can I make it real? I'll begin to go to the gym for a New Year's resolution. Can I make it real? God understands I was t- I'm too busy to pray every day, read my Bible every day, or go to church consistently. I-, I know God understands, but that's my New Year's resolution to get tight with God for the new year. It's, we make these excuses not to start a new productive same. And here's the reason why. Starting is always the hardest. Matter of fact, can I just be really transparent and real with you? Can I talk plain to you? Starting sucks. It really does. I never, I never had a time where I, I can't wait to go to the gym when I first started. I just can't wait. Oh, I'm so excited. So excited. Matter of fact, I look at people cross-eyed when they say, I love going to the gym. Like, What's wrong with you? And, you know, when, I, when I decide to cut out carbs, it is the worst first three days of my life, right? I mean, you got headaches and cravings and, and cookies start speaking and cakes start talking and pizza be calling your name in the middle. It is hard to start. It sucks to start. But how many of you know that if you're going to get into a different outcome. you got to start a new, productive, same routine. In order to get out of a drought and experience God's dream for your life, in order to get from the drought to the dream, you've got to start a new same. Not tomorrow, not the next day, but today. Luke chapter 9 verse 62 says, no procrastination, no backward looks. You can't put God's kingdom off till tomorrow. Seize the day. Do it now. Why? Because the devil wants to kill you. And the longer you keep doing the same stupid thing over and over again that you've been doing, the longer you stay underneath his power to keep you from what God wants you to have. Elijah wakes up. He said, today, we're not going to sit here and conserve energy. Today, I need you to go and look. We're going to start something different. But here's really what God wanted me to get to. Get to. Here's the point of the whole message. Not only do you need to start, but the last thing, you need to do the same good thing again. You need to do the same good thing again and again and again and again and again and again and again. The real secret of success, the real secret to coming out of a drought, the real secret to overcoming something that you're stuck in is not to wait for the big moment of breakthrough. The real secret is to do the same good thing over and over and over. And And the reason why most people miss this is because we are obsessed with shine. Same is boring. You know, 
We love shine. That's fun. We're waiting for the next big thing. And because we're waiting for the next big thing, we get stuck in unproductive, stupid, same habits over and over again. You got to get into a new same that is healthy and good and do it over and over and over and over and over again. There's different kinds of same. There's stagnant same. You're comfortable in whatever you do so you won't stretch yourself. Can I, can I tell you that if you're not constantly learning, you're falling behind? Technology and times change so quick that in order for you to be a responsible steward of what God wants to do in your life, you must progressively learn. But there are some people who are stagnant same. They won't stay, change because that's the way they always did it. They want to stay in the Stone Ages. Then you got stupid stain. That's when you do the same thing over and over again, even when you know it's hurting you. And I'm talking a little bit to myself, 30 cookies at one sitting. 30 cookies at one sitting. All of a sudden, you start feeling depressed. Like, I don't know why. The devil's making me depressed. The devil ain't made you depressed. 30 cookies you just ate just made you depressed. I don't know why my pants don't fit anymore. 30 cookies is why your pants don't fit anymore. Stupid. Then they're stubborn saying, well, that's just the way I am. People are just going to have to get used to it. Like it's everybody else's problem. No, it's not. It's your problem. It's not everybody else's problem. Then you, got, then you got scared saying you won't do something different that is productive because you're afraid if you do, you might lose the, 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 what you have, which is cause you to be stuck in it. And then there's sacred saying. This is when you keep doing over and over again what God has instructed you to do because that kind of same is the bridge between the dream and the destiny or between the drought and the rain. Watch this. How many of you are, are in your 40s or older? Can I see your hand, 40s or older? Now, you may not want to answer this question. Don't be bashful. I mean, you should be proud of this if you are. How many of you are, are worth at least a million dollars? Praise the Lord. That's sad that that's about three or four. You know why that's sad? Because most people think the way you become rich is you get a big break. You get a big promotion. You get a big job. You know, and so you're waiting around your whole life for that big breakthrough in order to get rich. Can I tell you how every single person who is in college right now can make sure that by the time you're in your 40s, you're rich? Every time you get a paycheck, take 10% of it and invest it. It's that simple. I teach my kids to live by the 80-10-10 rule. 10% give to God. First thing you do is give it to God. Why? You create blessing over everything else that you have. God begins to orchestrate and move and lead in God because you're faithful and little. God will make you ruler over much. Then I tell them, take the next 10% and invest it. Put it from the first day they get, take the next step, put it into a retirement account. Well, where? Just follow me. Wherever I put my money, you put your money. I set it up for you. Just get, let's get the automatic deduction so you don't even know you have it. There it goes. Right? The rest of the 80%, do whatever you want with it. Do you know if you do that, by the time you're in your mid-40s, you will be worth a million dollars or more? It's that simple. It doesn't take a big thing. It takes a consistent, small thing over and over and over and over again. How do you have a successful marriage? You keep coming home to the same woman, to the same man every single night over and over and over. And you do the little same things over and over again. If that means putting the seat down because you don't like the seat up, put it down. If that means squeezing from the bottom of the toothpaste because he don't like you squeezing from the middle of the toothpaste, squeeze from the bottom. Why? Because if you just do those little things over and over and over again, you won't get on each other's last nerve. It's not, it's not hard. It's easy. She don't like that. He don't like this. Don't do it. It's that simple. Oh, really, Pastor? It's that yes, because here's what happens. Don't give ammunition to bad things by doing things that are unhealthy over and over again. Give ammunition to good things by doing the same good thing over and over and over again. How do you get in good shape? You exercise regularly. Well, I, I tried it. It didn't work. Went to the gym hour a day, three times this week. Looked in the mirror, I didn't see one muscle. 
Tried my pants on, still can't get them buttoned. Stayed on a diet for one whole week. Went to Weight Watchers with Myrtle and everybody else. I got on the scale, 1.2. It's not worth it. Keep at it over and over again. Watch this, the power of saying. Psalm chapter 1, verse 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. We could interpret that. Don't do the same bad things over and over again. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. When you delight in something, you're constantly doing it, right? His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree, notice, planted by rivers of living water. Can I tell you why some people never experience success? Because they're always uprooting to a new thing. Well, well, three, one week of a diet, that don't work, I'll try another diet. That didn't work, I'll try another. Can you tell God is talking to me about diets? By the way, whatever I preach to you, God is always talking to me about. So I'm not coming against you, I'm talking to me. I'm motivating me, I'm going to play back this tape later and say, listen. Same thing over there. Planted. Don't keep uprooting. Don't just keep going from one thing to the next, one relationship to the next, one job to the next, one diet to the next, one investment to the next. Stay consistently doing the same good thing over and over again. Be planted and you'll bring forth fruit in season. Do you know that if you pull up too quick, you get no fruit? And this is the problem with most people is they don't stay at the same good thing long enough to see the fruit of what God has asked them to do. Sacred sameness. The devil knows that this works and that's why same is both the tool and the target of the enemy. It's his tool. So what he tries to get us to do is tempt us to do the same bad things over and over again because he knows that if we do the same bad things over and over again, the outcome will be poor. Keep doing that same bad thing. Keep, keep, keep leaving the toilet seat up. Keep pushing from the middle of the toothpaste. And some of y'all push with intent too. you like, mm. Don't tell me when to pull the toothpaste up. Leave that up just to annoy her. You know, type of thing. That's what he wants. Do the same bad thing over and over again. Matter of fact, I was a baseball coach for most of my my son's you know early teenage years and even before that pre teenage years and I used to see kids who who practiced on their own hours who still stunk. Now some of it's just because they didn't have athletic talent and their and their parents were trying to push them to be something that they're not because their parents want to live vicariously through them. You know, like the kid don't want to play baseball, they don't have to. It's fine, nothing wrong with that. But others, it wasn't because they didn't have talent. They go and they practice three, four hours by themselves. They practice their, their swing and they still can't hit. And, and they go ahead and swing. And the minute I'd see them swing, I knew exactly why. Because they kept pulling their shoulder out. Or they kept stepping in the bucket. Or they kept dropping their back shoulder. Or they kept pulling their head off the ball. And they practice three or four hours every day. Practice, pastor, I thought makes, makes perfect. No, it doesn't. Practice makes permanent. Not Perfect. And so what they did is they grooved into their life and into their memory actions that were not productive to them having success in what they were practicing at. And this is what the enemy knows. And so what the enemy tries to do is he tries to get us to groove the wrong things into our mind and into our heart and into our life because same is where the power comes from over and over again. So it's his tool, but it's also his target. It's also why every time you try to start something that's productive, it's very difficult to start. That's why every time you, you start a prayer, regular prayer time, before you know it, it's not that time anymore. Before you start to commit to reading the Bible, it, you can't do it anymore because it's, it, the enemy knows if you do these things consistently, you're going to have success. And I want you to see right here in our text how the new thing that was same, the same new thing, You'll see why I'm saying called the same new thing. That Elisha told the servant to start came under attack. Watch this, 43b. So he went up and looked, and he came back, and he said, there is nothing. Well, I tried eating healthy for a week. I didn't lose any weight. I tried being nice to my wife for two weeks. My marriage didn't change. I went to the gym three days this week. I saw no change. I prayed and stood for two weeks. My circumstances haven't changed. 
it always looks like it's not working at the beginning because faith always has an invisible stage. It always does. But look at what Elijah tells his servant. He says, 43C, and seven times he said, go again. I need some help. I need some help. Where's Chris? Chris, 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 where's Chris? You said you were going to be here, Chris. Chris. Oh, there you are. Come on, Chris. You volunteered, so I'm going to take you up on your volunteer. Come here, Chris. Everybody give Chris a big hand. He's going to help me today. <laughs> I'm going to be Elijah. Chris is going to be the servant. Okay, I always take the, the role that requires less work, right? Although I, I, Elijah was the one praying, and prayer is some work too, right? right? And so um, what Elijah says to his servant is he says, I need you to go check out over the sea and, and tell me what you see. So what I need you to do is I need you to go down these steps, pretend like you're going to see, down that aisle, across the back, down this aisle right here, up these steps, and then tell me what you see, okay? Okay, while you're doing that, I'm going to pop a squat, okay? Okay, I'll pray. So, so Elijah sends his servant out. And his servant goes out to see if there's any change in the circumstances. And here's what I need you all to do. Pretend like Chris can't hear us right now. After Chris tells me what he sees, I need you all to say, again. Okay, and, and so Elijah sends his servant out, and Elijah is praying, and he, he's praying, and he's praying, and he's praying, and he's praying, and, and he knows he heard the sound on the inside, and a servant comes back, and a servant says, there's nothing. And Elijah is, is praying and praying and praying and praying and praying. And he's believing God. He's believing God. And he knows God told him, this is the action that you need to take in order to see the result that I want to give you. This, this prayer and this action, you praying and you acting in such a way as I've commanded you to act, is going to cause the sound to get birth and it's going to become a reality. And, and, and you're going to see what I, and the servant comes back. And says, there's nothing. And, and, and Elijah says, yeah. <laughs> Elijah stops praying. He's, he's praying, he's praying, he's praying. And by now, the, the servant is, I mean, this man's been in, in, in three and a half years without water. Three and a half years without water, and he, and he keeps going and coming back and going and coming back and going and coming back and going and coming back, and, and, and he comes back again. <laughs> Elijah says, What'd you see? Nothing. And Elijah says, Let's pretend it's the seventh time. I'm a merciful man. Wait, 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 wait. The seventh time, seventh time, he comes back and he says, There was a cloud. It was the size of a man's hand. You can go sit down. Seventh time. Now, now let, me, let me break this down for you for just a minute. Because what happens is, and we don't realize this, did you know that again is the refrain of heaven? Do you know that God says again more times than we're willing to go again? Did you know that there are so many miracles in the Bible that are attached to a specific instruction that we avoid over and over again? And the instruction is simply again. Joshua, I want you to Get these walls to fall around Jericho. God, how are we going to do that? God says, on day one, I want you to march around the city. They march around the city. Joshua comes back to the Lord. Said, God, it didn't work. What should we do tomorrow? March again. Day two, they march. Joshua comes back. He prays, Lord, now what? Day three, march again. Day four, God, it didn't work. What do we do today? Again. Day five, God, what do we do today? Again. Day six, God, what do we do today? Again. Day seven, God, what do we do today? Today I want you to do it again and again and again and again and again and again and again. And on the seventh again, the walls came down. Because he did it again. Name it, name it, name it. Leper. I want to be healed. What do I do, man of God? Go, go, go dip in the Jordan River. 
Okay, I'm with you. Watch this. Dips. I'm still a leper. What do I do? Again. Dips. What do I do now? I'm still a leper. Again. What do I do now? I'm still a leper. Again. What do I do now? I'm still a leper. Again. What do I do now? I'm still a leper. Again. What do I do now? I'm still a leper. Again. Notice I ain't getting winded. All winded. I ain't winded at all. I'm still talking like I... And because he was willing to keep doing the same good thing over and over again, after he did it enough, after he created some consistency in doing the same, he was healed. Elijah and the Shunammite woman. Elijah got to the house. Elijah laid on the boy. He put his hands on his hands, his mouth on his mouth, his eyes on his eyes. And he laid on the boy and stretched himself out. And the boy began to get warm, but it didn't come back to life again. And so Elijah went and he went to pray. He got in the squatting position. He popped a squat. He said, Lord, what do I do? What did God say? Again. And when he bent back again, what happened? The boy came back to life again, again, again. Daniel prayed for 21 days because he wanted an interpretation of what he saw. Day one, he prayed. He said, Lord, I don't got anything. What should I do? God said, pray again. Day two, he prayed. He got nothing. What did, what did God say? Pray again. Day three, pray again. Day four, pray again. Day 10, pray again. Day 15, pray again. Day 20, pray again. Day 21, he prayed. And the answer came. Why? Because he did the same good thing over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. The widow woman, she felt like she had a case the judge needed to hear. The judge was unjust. He wouldn't hear the widow woman. The widow woman tried to get to see the judge. The judge wouldn't see her. She went back home. She said, Lord, I tried. What do I do? God said, go again. She went back again. The judge wouldn't hear her. She went back. She said, Lord, he didn't let me see her. What should I do? God said, go again. She went. The judge wouldn't hear her. Went back to the Lord. Pray, God, what do I do? Go again. 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 And she kept going until finally the judge said, Kimber, whatever she wants, she's wearing me out. Go again. Pray again. Here's what I heard God say. God said again, 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 again. Pray again. Love again. Sow again. Forgive again. Stand again. Again, 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 again. Again is where your power is. Notice finally on the seventh time. Comes back. He said, well, uh, there's a cloud the size of a man's hand. Now, part of me thinks the guy made it up. Would you make it up? I would, I would, be, I would be like, I'd be like this. I would like this. I know it's going to kill the camera people. Why would you do that? What'd you say? I'm going to get you in the guy's thoughts. If I tell, I'm like, Nothing. He gonna say again. <laughs> I don't want to lie big, because <laughs> if you're Christian, you know you lie small but not big. I don't, I don't, I don't, because you think a, a little lie is okay. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> there was a cloud, size of a man's hand. You know what Elijah said? He said, "Tell Ahab." You better get down off this mountain because something big is going to come out of that small thing. Can I tell you what happens? Two things happen to discourage us from doing the same good thing over and over again. First thing that happens is there's nothing. seems like it's just not working. I did all this for just that. It didn't work. I prayed and my prayers didn't get answered. I was nice to my spouse and my marriage didn't change. I went to the gym every day this week, didn't lose a pound. Something wrong with that scale. So we quit because it's nothing. Or hardcore. Go to Weight Watchers. Myrtle with her Dunkin' Donuts bag is looking at your scale. Said 1.2. Said 1.2? For all that? That's a lot of work for 1.2. I don't think I want to do that again. Because all I got is 1.2. I thought I should have got 20 pounds in one week. See, I, it's just like, I, 
didn't get 20. I didn't get, it's not miraculous, so, so it's not good enough. And, and if the devil can't get you to stop because it seems like nothing, the devil will get you to stop because it seems like it's insignificant. But can I tell you how you get a breakthrough? Can I tell you how you lose 50 pounds? It's two pounds a week. Can I tell you how you become a millionaire by the time you're in your 40s? It's 10% of your paycheck every single week. Can I tell you how you get a miracle? It's that you pray not two hours every day, but you pray every day. You read a scripture every day. You sing a praise song every day. It's not that you have to do something big every now and again. It's that you have to do the same good thing every single day again, 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 again. And here's, and here's what happens. When you are consistent to do the same good thing, you weaken what has been resistant. When you are consistent to do the same good thing, you weaken what has been resistant. So, so maybe your body is holding on to some fluids. Maybe, maybe, maybe you've trained your body in such a way that one week of right eating and right exercise only gives you 1.2. But did you notice what happens when you continually do it over and over again? Suddenly you get into a flow. And suddenly it's, it's, it's 1.2, then it's 2, then it's 3, then it's 1.2, then it's 3, then it's 4. And all of a sudden it's like you can't, that, that scale that was up somewhere where you couldn't see it all is now right in the middle of your floor. And the first thing you can do in the morning is you get up and you that scale sales my because you're in a flow now see how do you how do you get into the flow you get into the flow by doing the same good thing how do you stay married 50 years to the same person happily you do the same little smart things small things over and over again how do you become ceo of a company you start in the mail room how do you get your miracle you are consistent doing the things that god wants you tell him he's gonna get a whole lot out of that small thing here's god's word for you what seems small is eventually gonna snow into something big the rain will eventually come but you got to be persistent and consistent when you're consistent to do the same good thing you weaken what has been resistant I was listening to Joyce Meyer on TBN the other night they were interviewing her and they asked her how'd she get started she said I, I led a Bible study of 12 ladies for five years she said I wasn't even sure they wanted to come she said I was their office manager so I think they thought they had to come but anyway you can get a crowd she said I lived there for five years and she said as I taught the Bible I was blowing smoke in their face and wearing short shorts it's amazing to me how we disqualify people based on their present circumstance instead of qualifying people based on the potential that we see on the inside of she started small, 12. I think, I, don't, I can imagine she has any less than 12,000 anywhere she goes now. But then she really blessed me. She really blessed me. Can I, can I be transparent with you? God, God has called me. Some people don't understand this, but it's too bad. God has called me to, to have a worldwide television ministry. I, I know I'm called to it. It's not that I, that I want to do it. I know I'm called to it. So we do. We, we're, on, we're on Hillsong Sundays at 7, Mondays at 7 in the morning. We're on TBN in different parts of the world, but not on TBN in the United States. But I don't, I don't think we're, we've reached our potential. And I started to get a little discouraged because I felt like I was getting a little old. I'm 48. You missed your opportunity. No, Pastor, you're not 48. You look too young to be 40. I know, I know. I got Listen to us. They said, when was the first time you went on TV? She said, I was 50. What was your TV? She said, a little old TV station. Didn't hardly reach nobody. And you know what I felt the Lord say to me? He said, she started at 50. You're already on worldwide TV. You're not even 50. 
He said, the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. Something, something big coming out of that small thing. That's not just my, my word. That's your word. It doesn't matter how old you are. doesn't matter when you start. Here's what matters. Are you consistent doing the same good thing? Because here's God's promise. He said, if you're faithful over a few things, then I'll make you ruler over many things. The issue is not the next big thing. The issue is how are you treating the small thing? that God has given you. Not only when you're consistent will you weaken what has been resistant, but when you are consistent, God will be insistent on giving you something better. Notice what happened in our text. It said, now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind and there was a heavy rain. There was a, he was consistent. Daniel kept praying. And he got the answer. Joshua kept marching. The walls came down. Elijah laid on the boy a second time. And he revived back again. Elijah's servant ran and looked another time. And he finally breakthrough showed up. Here's what I heard God say. I was praying. I said, I said, Lord. I said, what do you have for us in 2020? He said, what are our marching orders? And every year I like it because God usually gives us different marching orders. Okay, do this now, do this. Here's what I heard God say. He said, same. First I got mad, like, what you mean, same? God said, you are right now, and you're in a season of same. But he, he, at first I was discouraged until I understand what same means. I found out that when you're in a season of same and you're faithful to same, that that is the birthing place for the sounds that you hear in your spirit. That's where you get the downloads and the instructions for what God has for you in the future. That's when you get an opportunity to begin to pray. And so when God said same, immediately when I understood what God said, I started to hear something. I started to hear there is a sound of an abundance of rain. And then God said this, it's getting ready to rain up in this place. He said, it's getting ready to rain. I said, how? He said, again. I said, how? He said, again. I said, how? He said, again. He said, if you'll do the same good thing, it will rain in your place. It's getting ready to rain. It's getting ready to rain. It's getting ready to rain. This is your word. It's getting ready to rain. This is your season. It's getting ready to rain. This is your time. It's getting ready to rain. 